0: Shalom and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher. And this week we read and learn uh, Parashat Noach about the, the life and accomplishments of uh, Noach. I remember we concluded the last uh, parashah, parashat parashit with Hashem making the uh, declaration that uh, all living things have to have to die because humanity and uh, all living things have become corrupt and therefore uh, they need to be destroyed. however, uh, Noah uh, found favor in Hashem's eyes, meaning that Noah was a righteous person uh, despite the uh, evil and corruption around him and so it would seem Noah should be, spared Uh, as we uh, we look at Parashat Noach we might say that it's divided up into uh, five sections the first section uh, is about the flood itself the Hebrew word for flood is Mabul the Torah tells us that Noach is a righteous man in a wicked world and therefore Hashem tells uh, Noah. That he will destroy all living things, but spare Noah and his family. Noah is married, and he has three sons, and those sons, Shem, Ham, and Yefet, are married as well. And he will spare uh, Noah and his family. Uh, Hashem instructs Noah uh, to build uh, the teva, uh, which we translate as the ark. Um, Hashem gives Noach, uh, the dimensions of the, of the ark, what it's to be made of and so on. Uh, and when the ark is uh, built and Hashem is going to destroy all of, uh, all living things, Noah and, uh, and his family will uh, be spared uh, within the ark. But, but first Hashem is also going to uh, spare other living things. We so he instructs Noach to bring all living things uh, into the, into the teva, uh, for samples, male and female, and also to bring all of the food that uh, is going to be needed. And Noah sets about to build the ark, which must have caused some uh, um, stir uh, among the onlookers as he's uh, building this enormous thing. Um, but at a certain point, Hashem commands Noah to enter the ark, And also to bring, this time he talks about seven pairs of each clean animal and bird. Those are going to be those animals which can be offered as sacrifices. Um, And seven days countdown till the Mabul. And Noah obeys what Hashem uh, says to do. Brings all of the animals. Um, Noah at this time is 600 years old. And then begins the flood uh, with Noah and his family and all of the other living things safely inside. Uh, the, the rain begins, but not only the rain from above, but also the bursting of underground water uh, as well, as in addition to the torrential rains. And simultaneously, Hashem is destroying and saving. Uh, he's destroying all living things outside and saving those who are inside the teva. Uh, The rain continues for 40 days and 40 nights unabated, and as the water uh, rises, the ark itself moves, it is lifted, and uh, the ark isn't a boat, doesn't have a, uh, a sail, it doesn't have oars, it doesn't apparently even have a rudder. It just goes wherever the water will carry it. And the waters prevail even after the 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, they prevailed for 150 days and even the highest mountains are, co- are covered with water. After this time, Hashem remembers Noah and all those who are in the teva. And he brings a wind uh, to, to cause the uh, water to subside. And as the waters um, subside and recede uh, little by little, uh, eventually the Teva comes to rest on top of a mountain. Uh, the mountains of Ararat, which is in modern day Turkey. Uh, that's where the, that's where the uh, Teva uh, rests. And the waters continue to, uh, to recede. Noah wants to know whether the waters have subsided enough to make it possible for him to go out. So the first thing he does is he releases a raven, or Um And the thing is that the raven does not return. So uh, it's, it's hard to know uh, what to learn from that. And so um, after seven days, he releases dove. Uh, he releases a dove for the first time, but it returns, apparently because the dove cannot find a place to rest. So then he waits seven days, and he releases the dove, and the dove this time returns with a freshly plucked olive leaf, and that indicates that there are trees that are uh, visible now, and that are are growing. Uh, Noah waits another seven days, he releases the dove, and it doesn't return. Uh, presumably because the dove has found a place to uh, to rest. The waters to con- uh, continue to recede. The land dries. Noah removes the cover of the teva, and he can see that the land is dry. At this point, when Noach is about to leave the teva, he's 601 years old. So the, the time of the flood is uh, one year in the life of uh, of Noah. It's at this point that Hashem uh, formally commands Noah to leave the teva. And uh, when he does so, so Noah builds uh, a, an altar, a mizbeach, in order to uh, give thanks to Hashem. Uh, so he offers sacrifices to give thanks to Hashem, and Hashem uh, promises that he will never again destroy the world in a flood of water hashem blesses Noah and also commands him he blesses him and says that from this point on it is permitted for Noah and all humans to eat meat up until this point they were not permitted to eat meat uh but before eating meat the the life of the animal that is to be eaten eaten has to be taken don't uh, eat a living uh, creature, or don't uh, tear off a limb from a living creature. the uh, The other thing that uh, the Torah emphasizes here is murder, meaning murder of human beings, uh, will be uh, will be punished. Uh, you're permitted to take the life of animals, but uh, remember that human life is, uh, human life is is very precious, and anyone who uh, commits murder will be punished. The blessing to Noah and his family is be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. That is their uh, mandate. Begin to repopulate, uh, repopulate the earth. Uh, after this, Hashem makes a covenant with all of the descendants of Noah. The rainbow that appears in the sky after rain uh, is a sign of the covenant that Hashem will never again destroy the entire world uh, with a flood of water. The next part of the parasha deals with uh, Noah uh, in the time after the flood. We only have one other event, a uh, major event in the life of uh, Noah, uh, and it's an unfortunate one. Noah uh, be- uh, begins to uh, plant uh, a vineyard, uh, and uh, he makes wine from it. And unfortunately, he becomes drunk, and he debases himself, which is uh, which is a real shame in view of. The fact that Hashem had uh, had saved Noach uh, because of his righteousness, this is a a uh, major a major let's say uh, moral uh, failing on, on Noah's part. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But he debases himself in his uh, in his tent and. Uh, When he uh, when he comes to and he realizes uh, who who had discovered him uh, in that way Uh, and it's primarily his uh, his grandson Canaan the son of uh, Ham so the first thing he does is that he curses Canaan and Canaan's descendants Uh, same time he blesses Shem and Yefet because of the respectful way they dealt with him at this uh, moment of moral failing, Uh, instead of seeing him when he debased himself, they turned around and they covered him without looking at him. Um, And then uh, the Torah just tells us about the rest of Noah's life. There's no recording of Noah having any more children, uh, which is also a bit of a moral failing because Hashem had said that it's time to replenish the earth, but uh, Noah himself doesn't have any more uh, children. The next section of the parasha deals with the descendants of Noach, the descendants of Yefe, the descendants of Ham, which, uh, and and some things about some of the descendants, Kush, which is essentially Ethiopia, uh, Nimrod and his empire seems to be the first person to build an empire, and also Canaan and their lands. All of those are the descendants of Ham. Then the Torah deals with the descendants of Shem, uh, in particular, Ever. And Ever gives us the word Ivri, Hebrew, so that's important for us. And also the lands of the sons of Shem. If you go through this section, you see that the uh, total number of uh, descendants uh, of Noah, as Noah's children are repopulating the earth, is 70. Nations, And that's the origin of the idea of there being 70 nations. The next section of the parasha deals with uh, the generation of the dispersion. Uh, what the Torah talks about is uh, that the people have a united language, uh, but they want to create a name for themselves, maybe even prevail over God, and so they build a city and a tower. And they say that the purpose of this is to prevent dispersion. And this goes against what Hashem wanted. Hashem wanted them to repopulate the earth and disperse throughout. But they want to stay close together. And this is against Hashem's will at this time. So Hashem see, uh, decides that he must, uh, he must punish them. However, uh, he doesn't uh, destroy them. Um, probably because the unity that they uh, display is is such that uh, Hashem does not want to destroy them. Hashem um, appreciates, if we can say, uh, unity among people. What he does do is he confounds their languages. Uh, They aren't able to communicate with each other, and as a result, they are uh, are of necessity uh, dispersed. Uh, because uh, they can't speak to each other and they stop building the uh, the tower and the place is called the Bavel which is gives us Babylon Babylonia uh, but Bavel comes from the word that means uh, to confuse to confound because their languages are confounded and this is what happens during that generation it's uh, it's a different kind of a sin and therefore a different kind of a punishment, different from the destruction that Hashem visits upon the generation of the flood. The last section of the parasha deals with the lineage uh, focusing on shame, the descendants of shame. The, the Torah is not going to focus too much on uh, the descendants of uh, but it is going to focus on the descendants of Shem and trace the lineage from Shem all the way to Avram. It talks about their ages, how old they were when they had the next the next child, the next link in the in the chain. Of course, they had many more children, but there is a, a specific chain from Shem to Arpachshad to Shelach to Ever. Just to remind you, Aver uh, gives us the name uh, Ivri. Peleg, Reu, Serug, Nahor, and then Terach. And Terach is the father of Avram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're given uh, some very, very basic information about Terach's family. Uh, one that he has three sons, Avram, Nahor, and Haran. That Avram is married to Sarai, and she is barren. Nahor is married to Milka. And we'll find out much later on in the Torah about their children. And then Haran. Haran has a son named Lot. And Haran, the Torah says, dies young. Doesn't say under what circumstances, but he dies young. And so, as the Torah concludes this parasha, Terah takes his entire family from Ur, which seems to be where they where they come from, Ur, which is in uh, not far from Babel with the intention of traveling to Canaan. However, along the way, uh, they stop in a place called Haran, which would be in modern-day southern Turkey. Um, And uh, Terach lives out the rest of his life, the rest of his 205 years in Haran. And that's where we uh, conclude this parasha. Uh, And uh, the next parasha, of course, we'll talk about focus upon Avram. when uh, when we talked about this unfortunate incident of uh, Noah creating a vineyard creating wine and so on debasing himself uh, so that requires some uh, some discussion the Torah says that Noah began to be an ish, Ha'adamah, a man of the soil, and he plants a vineyard. Um, he drank the wine, he became drunk, and he uncovered himself. He debased himself inside his tent. The uh, bravanel uh, deals with this uh, unfortunate event and tries to lend a little bit of understanding to why uh, did Noah's life take uh, such a turn. Um According to to the Abravanel, uh, people had planted uh, vines before. As a matter of fact, he assumes that if Noah uh, is is dealing with those vines, then he must have taken vines onto the Teva with him. But the first contribution of Noah, what makes him an Ish Adama, tiller of the soil, is the way he plants the vines, making a kerem, making a vineyard, planting them in organized row. That says the Abravanel is something that nobody did before Noah. And it's made it possible to produce wine in large uh, quantities. Um, so he organized the vines row upon row to make a vineyard and now he makes wine. But still the question is uh, why? Uh, does Noah uh, drink drink wine to excess? So the Abravanel makes a very uh, startling uh, suggestion. He says it's uh, perhaps it's not certain, but it's an interesting uh, suggestion. After Noah saw that the whole world was destroyed through water, Noah suggests the Abravanel never wanted to drink or even see water ever again. To me, this uh, suggestion of the Abravanel uh, suggests that Noah is suffering uh, from some kind of post-traumatic stress, uh, possibly uh, survivor's guilt, but he did not want to see water, that which destroyed the world, uh, a world which, uh, as righteous as he was, he himself could not say it. He didn't want to see or drink water ever again, but you have to drink something. And so he turned from water, uh, which sustains uh, life, uh, to wine, which would uh, satisfy some of those same needs. However, it will also lead to drunkenness. So uh, the Abravanel might be explaining uh Noah's drunkenness as a way of coping uh, with the aftermath of being the survivor of the flood that destroyed all of humanity and from which he was spared. An interesting insight. Uh, one uh, I would suggest to discuss around the Shabbat table. Uh, what do you think of the Abravanel's suggestion? But we will, uh, we will conclude our discussion of parashat uh, Noach at this point. I thank you very much for joining me uh, in this discussion of Parashat Noach. This has been Rabbi Abraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.